0: Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. Guys, we have a very special guest on the episode this week. Joining us today is Matt Payne of the F-Stop Collaborate and Listen podcast, Which is a pun all the millennial photographers out there who listen to our podcast won't understand. Since Ice Ice Baby and, you know, Vanilla Ice just in general, were both way before your time. But Matt, aside from having a terrific podcast, he also has a ton of awards and accolades for his photography. I gotta be honest, I have no idea which ones are the most prestigious and which ones I should highlight here, because I'm not really plugged that into landscape photography as a whole. So I'll just say that there were a lot, and it seemed very, very impressive to me. Matt, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: No problem. I think the the most important award is I'm my mom's favorite photographer, so <laughs> that, that counts, right?
0: Was there a lot of competition for that one?
1: <laughs> no, there's, there's, <laughs> there's not. In fact, my wife actually hates my photography. She makes fun of me all the time, so... What? Uh, I, think, I think that's what spouses are for, though, like, keep you grounded and,
0: you know, so, yeah. Does she hate your photography, or does she hate you leaving the house and going on camping trips all the time? Which one is it?
1: I think she just likes giving me shit,
0: <laughs> to be honest with you. That sounds like so, my kind of relationship.
1: Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's mostly well-deserved anyway, so... <laughs>
0: So you've been doing photography for quite a long time. Um, I was just doing like some research into you and stuff. And it, it seems like you started out a pretty long time ago um, with like hiking, backpacking, all that kind of stuff. And that kind of naturally evolved into like you doing photography as well. Is that how you would describe it? or?
1: Yeah, 100%. I uh, I was originally um, just kind of bringing my camera with me, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Cause I've, I was a mountain climber here in Colorado. So, uh, my goal was to climb the highest hundred mountains in Colorado. Um, and which, you did, I, wanted, right? which I did, I did. I Boom. finished, finished that goal last year and, That's uh, awesome. but I, yeah, thank you. And I, I wanted to be able to like show people what it was like to do that. So I started bringing a camera with me and the more and more I got into that, the more I got into, taking photos and learning about photography, and, um, you know, I'd be like, oh, I wonder if I could do this, or I want to do this, and the the camera I had at the time sucked and couldn't do any of the stuff I wanted to do with it, so then I started researching and investing more money, and I was completely self-taught, and I just checked out every book in the library I could find about photography, and boom, you know, 10 years later, here I am, I still take shitty photos, so there you go. (laughs) Nice. (laughs)
0: You do not take shitty photos. I've seen your work. It's really good. (laughs) And for the listeners out there, he
2: mentioned something called a library. Um, This was a place that we had pre-Wikipedia and Google. Just want you guys to be on the same page as,
0: you know, when we're talking about these foreign things. Uh, If we're getting ages, too, also uh, millennials out there, you might not understand this yet. But Matt, Dustin, and I were all drinking beers tonight. Matt, what are you drinking?
1: Mm-hmm. I am drinking a beer called The Reverend, Ooh. which is from uh, Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. And it's a Belgian quad. And it's a 10% ABV.
2: Nice. So it's a light wow. beer. Yeah. It's, 10%. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 10% a can. Love it.
0: That See, sounds like a on? really delicious beer, Matt. I I want to try it's that. My, that sounds real good.
1: Probably my favorite. dude. It, it's... Very sweet.
0: Are you are you really into the Belgians or?
1: I am. That's kind of my jam nowadays. Yeah, Belgians. I was like super into IPAs. I used to live in Portland, mm-hmm. Oregon, and when I lived there, I was like really into hoppy IPAs. But um, I don't know. Since I've been back in Colorado, been more into the maltier Belgians. Yeah.
0: Cool. I started out drinking Belgians when I first started drinking beer, and then like progressed into IPAs now. But I still love Belgians. In fact, tonight I'm drinking a Taxman Brewing Company Deduction Ale, which is a Belgian-style double. Beautiful. Oh, do that. It is 8%. Not quite Where as strong is as you.
1: Where's that brewery?
0: Uh, Taxman? That's an Indiana brewery.
1: Okay. I didn't know they had breweries in Indiana.
0: <laughs> Indiana has actually some really good breweries. We got three oh. Floyds. You've heard of three Floyds, I would assume. I
1: have. I have. Yeah, you're right. I but, was I mean, really just finding any way I could find to make fun of Indiana.
2: See, it sucks because you're in Colorado and there's literally no reason, nothing we can do to make fun of Colorado.
1: I'm <laughs> oh, sure you can.
2: Okay. Make fun of it for us. What, what can you make fun of Colorado for?
1: I mean, people want to just move here so they can get high and smoke pot.
0: Um, well, I, I don't that understand. I thought you were going to make fun of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking a
2: Dragon's Milk straight from the teat. Uh, this is one of their reserve specials. It is a raspberry hibiscus bourbon barrel aged stout. And just because you guys are wimps, <laughs> this is an 11% ABV. Wimps. Okay. But just for the record, I don't like this beer.
0: You don't like your New Holland beer?
2: Matt, what did you wife? say about it? <laughs> Tastes like someone spilled their tea into my beer. Yeah. But I'll I, drink it anyways because I can't waste beer.
0: Matt, uh, you I, said you don't like bourbon barrel-aged beers or barrel-aged beers in general?
1: I I typically don't just because I, I'd rather just drink whiskey at that point. Yeah? Yeah. I
0: like it. I like it. I had a 14% the other weekend, and it was... I should have just drank whiskey, but it, it was good. It tasted all right. And it, you know, it tasted much better by the end than it did at the beginning. <laughs> I'm hoping that's the case with this one.
1: <laughs> we're, we're rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> no, <thanks.
0: laughs> if you see me start slouching in my chair. Just, you know, cock it back and uh, loosen up your lips, open your throat and just take it down. Take, take, take it down. down real fast. Yeah. And go grab a tax, man. Yeah. You got some of those in your fridge.
1: So it's funny, I actually just uh like ten minutes before we got on here, finished recording a podcast for my podcast mm-hmm. and my guest was drinking some abomination which was like it was like lemonade Keystone Light.
0: Oh no, mm. no delicious. No.
1: Yeah. And he said when he went into the liquor store to buy it, they he said, So tell me tell me about this beer. And they're like <laughs> They were like, "Well, so we all really, really wanted to hate it, but we all actually kind of like it." And he's <laughs> like, "All right, I'll try it." And he said the same thing. He's like, "I really wanted to hate it, but it's pretty good."
2: Yeah, I just went, I haven't tried it yet, but I was at a cookout and all the all the girls were drinking it, and they said the same thing. And then next cookout I went to, all of their husbands were drinking it, <laughs> and they're like. They're like, I want to hate it so bad, but it's like they're putting, they're like, trying to hide it in like cozy or, or <laughs> koozies or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, Dustin, do you want, like, there it felt like it's sort of a very secretive thing, like in the cooler behind the grill. That's where we're keeping the pink natties. Just,
0: like, just get a cider at that point. Like,
1: who are you kidding? Hey, don't make fun of cider, dude. So there's a, not to digress, but.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. We're going to uh, go with this digression.
1: <laughs> I like it. So there's actually a cidery in the Olympic Peninsula in Washington mm-hmm. uh, called Finn River. And they have a habanero cider, which is to die mm. for. It is so good. Like that amazing. sounds
0: like the sort of thing that would really hurt my butthole the next day.
1: Um if you're a wimp, as <laughs> Dustin would say.
2: <laughs> as Dustin would say.
1: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, well played. <laughs> so, Matt, I saw you grew up in Colorado Springs, and uh, you yeah. spent a lot of time there hiking. With um, did did you say you were hiking with your parents when you were younger in Colorado Springs? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. My um. So my dad, his goal in the seventies and eighties was to climb the highest hundred mountains, and so that's how I got into it mm-hmm. to begin with. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Did your dad ever make it to the...
1: He never did because uh, he got into like the high 70s. Um, and then I got, I don't know, he's like, they're good parents as opposed to me. I'm not a good parent. <laughs> and, and when I, when I got into like late elementary school, middle school age and high school, I was really good at baseball. So like they would just go to all my baseball games all year. And so he just stopped hiking for Mm -hmm. a long time. And then, yeah, he just stopped doing it. So he never did finish his goal. But, yeah, it's too bad he's such a good parent because I think it would have been cool to see him finish.
0: (laughs) Is he still alive or?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's still alive. He still lives in Colorado Springs. Yeah.
0: Okay, I was going to say I saw a picture of you and him up on top of one of the mountains together.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was... uh, I think that was probably Handy's Peak, which is one of the easier mm-hmm. fourteen thousand foot mountains in Colorado. But yeah, that's one of the one of the last ones I did with him. Yeah.
0: Is he does he still go on hikes? Is he still climbing or is he kind of No man,
1: that? he got like double knee replacements and yeah, he's he just he does all kinds of weird shit now. He he makes like ancient weapons, like mm. Like, out of stone and wood, and he makes his own bows and his own arrowheads and does all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Wow. So, yeah.
0: That's really cool.
1: Totally random. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like preparing for that, like, zombie apocalypse.
1: You guys ever watch that show called Forged in Fire? No. Uh, it's I think it's on TLC or History Channel. Maybe, yeah, History Channel. They, like, get all these weaponsmiths, like, modern-day weaponsmiths who own, like, their own forges in their house, like, mm-hmm. in their garage. And they... It's, like, a competition to make weapons. And he loves watching that show. And it's actually a pretty cool show. You mm-hmm. check it out. Forged and Fire.
0: So, if one of our listeners was thinking about starting out in landscape photography, what would you recommend they buy, like, camera, lens-wise? It's a good starting place. Fortunately, I think it's
1: pretty easy nowadays to, to to buy a camera that doesn't suck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like most of the cameras nowadays are pretty solid. Um, anything that's been made since 2012, 2013 is pretty fantastic. Um, I would probably recommend somebody buy something used to start out with, just because like, if you don't if you're not sure you want to get into landscape photography you don't need to spend like three, 4000 dollars on gear just to learn that you're not into it Mm -hmm. um so like i would pick up a i don't know even something lightweight like a sony a6500 or something and a kit lens and just try that out i started out with a nikon uh, d7000 and a uh, 18 to 105 kit lens which was a nice range Mm -hmm. um and i got really into shooting uh, night photography and, uh, you know, like, photos of the Milky Way and
0: stuff like that. Yeah, I saw a bunch of your awards were for that.
1: Yeah, and so I, I, I bought a—early uh, on, I bought a wide-angle. It was an 11 to 16 Tokina F2-8. I think you can buy one now for, like, 400 bucks. Like, it's pretty cheap for what it can do. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't go crazy until you learn kind of if you want to do landscapes or not. I'd say if you're already— if you already know your chops as a photographer in some other way, like portrait or event, my guess is a lot of the gear you have already is going to be really good for landscape photography. It's pretty much all the same ideas, you know, you can do a lot of creative stuff with, uh, you know, 85 or 135 prime. Um, you know, you can, I personally like shooting with primes a lot just cause they're lightweight. And mm-hmm. I do a lot of back, I do a lot of backpacking. Um, and I need, I like to have a really light kit, so I guess it just depends on kind of what your goals are as a as a photographer
0: when you're backpacking how many how many days do you usually go out for?
1: I'd say anywhere from like three to five is mm-hmm. kind of average for me. I usually don't have enough time off from work <laughs> to do yeah. more than that uh but yeah, three to five is probably average
0: and what do you what are the concerns when you're out for like three to five days with things just simple things like Having batteries that are charged. Do you bring like a like a solar charger or something with you, or do you just bring like a bunch of different batteries that are fully charged before you leave?
1: Yeah, so I'm a little strange. I'm a little weird. I shoot Sony, mm-hmm. and uh, just because I like how small the camera and the lenses are, but I only have four four batteries. And uh, but what I do is I have one of those twenty thousand milliamp anchor external mm-hmm. batteries and uh the sony a7r2 and i think the a7r3 also you can actually uh shoot with the camera while it's being charged or powered by an external battery um so like i just bring that with me it weighs i don't know about as much or twice as much as a cell phone it's not too bad and uh yeah i've never run out of batteries ever uh i'd say if you're shooting Canon or or Sony, or I'm sorry, Canon or Nikon, probably don't have to worry too much about batteries. Like two or three batteries, you're probably gonna have enough, unless you're doing a lot of time lapse work or things of that nature. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't usually hear of people running out of batteries. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be careful about exposure to the elements and things like that. Um, especially as a Sony shooter, Sony's aren't the best weatherproofed cameras so i like to bring a it's basically like a plastic sock (laughs) that i if it's raining i'll put my camera in it and shoot with that but i don't know trying to think of what else uh it's good to have a a backpack that's comfortable that can go long miles Um, i like to i don't like to backpack with an f-stop bag f-stop gear I like to use a Osprey, like mm-hmm. a, I have an Osprey Exos uh, 48, a lot of people like the 58, but I'm like really minimal when I go out and I usually bring like a F-stop F-C, uh, ICU, which is like those internal camera units that, you know, you can put like three or four or five lenses in it and your camera and kind of just stuff it into your backpack and you're good to go.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So. If somebody was looking to get started, like, with doing, like, a backpacking trip for, like, photography, like, landscape purposes, would you recommend that their first time out they bring a camera with them, or would you recommend that they just go out, like, a few times just to get acclimated to the idea of hiking?
1: Yeah, so I would say it depends on your experience level as a outdoorsman. Um, I would hate to tell people not to bring their camera, because... Mm-hmm you know you're gonna probably see something you want to take a picture of but maybe don't bring all your gear with you maybe just bring one or two lenses um i would say it's pretty important to learn like basic skills like you know how to put up a tent you know what gear to bring how to pack in your pack most uh outdoor stores like wherever you live like either if it's an rei or if it's a local store like they usually have free classes you can take where they can teach you most of that stuff and i would say uh just do like one like an overnight trip like a three mile out and back like one night just to kind of get used to stuff make sure stuff isn't breaking on you you're not super committed you know if you screw something up you're not going to die probably you know it's uh, probably you probably you know. There's always a risk of death. <laughs> you,
0: you say that and then you laugh awkwardly, like you've almost died many, many times.
1: I mean, yeah, I've climbed a lot of mountains, so yeah, I've almost died a few times.
2: <laughs> As he says with a chuckle,
1: it's part of the it's part of
2: the game, man. Mm-hmm. It's part of what makes it fun. Almost dying. I think my wife would disagree with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. There's something to be said about uh, being in the outdoors, being in wilderness, away from cities, no cell service. You have only yourself to depend on to make food and like survive. And I don't know. like That's living to me. That's, you know, that, that there's you feel so much more alive that way than you mm-hmm. do when you're safe.
2: So you have good life insurance then?
1: Sure, yeah.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) My wife and I actually joke a lot about that all the time. Like, oh, if you die, it's cool because I'll be
2: rich. (laughs) (laughs) My wife and I joke about the same thing. Or I should say I joke and she gives me dagger eyes.
1: Right. Well, my wife's just cooler than yours. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs)
0: Uh, my wife and I—we never joke about the other person dying. That's uh, really morbid. <laughs> and there's something terrible in your relationship. I'm just going to throw that out.
1: Don't, don't judge. <laughs> don't, don't try. Don't diss it until you try it, man.
0: Sorry, I won't yuck your yums anymore. <laughs> just add add a little taste
2: of that into your marriage, Steve. See how see how it goes. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, I know just how give that it a would shot. <laughs>
2: Well, you and Jen probably don't have life insurance, so that's probably why you guys don't. Yeah, we're just
0: living on the edge over here, man.
1: That's right. I I noticed you got like a candle on in in the back there right next to a a fire source. That's that's not very safe.
0: Yeah, no, no. My wife is on vacation right now. She's in New York City. I'm home alone with the kids. We could all just die, right, any second without her here. Uh, That's just life. Life in Indiana.
1: Oh, this this podcast is definitely taking an interesting turn.
2: (laughs) So this is this is how Matt
0: talking. Yeah, (laughs) this is how in Indiana we live life on the edge. I I face those near death (laughs) experiences almost every day. (laughs) I got candles and fireplaces in my house. You know, I don't need to go out and climb a mountain to get that. Yeah, adrenaline rush.
1: Yeah, or face mountain lions, or worry about bears, or any of that stuff. That's what our children
0: are format. Have you ever faced down a mountain lion or a bear?
1: No, actually, never had to do that. Uh, Thank God, that would suck.
0: What's your uh, what What's your scariest animal interaction you've had out on the uh, when
1: you are out? Uh, honestly, uh, people, human humans. Mm Um, actually, had a pretty a pretty. uh, Scary encounter uh, when I was actually uh, camping with my wife and my son. He was he was like one years old, maybe one and a half, um, and we were camped in national forest, just ah, uh, kind of in this campsite on the side of the road. And it was like 1.30 in the morning. These drunk guys drove through our campsite in a truck, Whoa. screaming Whoa. and yelling and screaming about how we took their campsite. Blah blah blah. And then like they started shooting guns all night. Um, and then the next day they came up and they had a flat tire and they were asking us for help. And we were like, were you guys, you were, you were the guys that drove through our campsite at one thirty in the morning. Yeah, we're not going to help you. So then they came back about 30 minutes later with the gun and they were like threatening us with the gun. And so, yeah, I've had some, some interesting experiences up in the mountains, but never with animals. It's always people.
2: So, do you pack heat now when you go?
1: No, it, honestly uh, it I don't, and I feel like if I would have had a gun with me, something really dumb would have happened. You know,
0: yeah, wow, that sounds like a really really charged situation to be in. Wow,
1: yeah, do you was... find
0: do you find when you're out like that humans are? You talk a lot about on your podcast about the way humans affect the landscape and the way they can destroy things and stuff like that. Um, Do you see a lot of that when you're out then as well?
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, I see it pretty much every time I go out. You see either evidence of it or you actually see people doing something that is either uh, diminishing the experience of other people or is... Having a negative impact on that place, you know, so whether that be people leaving behind trash or uh, leaving, you know, firing guns uh, when there's other people around or um, actually going out of their way to do graffiti or damage stuff or defile trees or like there's all kinds of examples out there of people doing stupid stuff to nature. It's, It's really pretty sad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: well i remember uh just what was it was it your last week you had the guy who runs the public lands hates you public public land hates you instagram account on your podcast right
1: i did yeah that was you guys were talking a lot
0: about the uh, he was calling people out for like walking through poppy fields and stuff like that yeah if i remember
1: yeah it's I mean, honestly, I feel like a lot of what we see out there in in landscape, um, it's not typically people that are just going out of their way to screw stuff up. You know, most of it's, I think, people that didn't grow up um, spending time in the outdoors, or maybe they don't, they didn't have people in their lives to educate them on, you know, the things that you should look out for. I mean, most people that are going to those poppy fields. I'm guaranteed they didn't wake up in the morning and think to themselves, like, oh, I know what I'm going to do out today. I'm going to fuck that place up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it is, like that's not what they were thinking. Oh, I'm going like, to go oh,
0: fuck I, some poppies I, up.
1: You know what I mean? Like, that, that's not what they said. Like, they're like, oh, I'm going to go to that place. It's really pretty. And then they do stuff when they're there that they don't realize has a negative impact on that place for the future because they just, you know, it. Nature doesn't come with an instruction book, you know, so it's unfortunately, like, I think as people that enjoy the outdoors, I think it's our responsibility to try to educate ourselves on, on ethical behavior and try to understand how we can minimize our impact on the places that we visit. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't think people have bad intentions. They just end up doing Mm -hmm. stuff that has bad impacts.
0: So mm-hmm. most of our listeners are wedding photographers and so most Correct. of the time they're working with subjects and I know there's Oh, you
1: guys have you guys have seen it all.
0: Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> more recently are doing like crazy adventure like shoots and stuff like that and sure. they're going out to places that are, you know, difficult to get to where they have to climb mountains or go on hikes and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. what are some things people should be thinking of, like, when they're out there with a model or with an engaged couple or people who just got married, wh- whatever it is, like, as far as, like, where they're walking, what they're doing, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, so I wish there was a simple answer in terms of, like, oh, just do this and you'll be good to go. I think it's a lot more complicated than that. I think it starts with... uh You know, as humans, we're incredibly gifted with this ability to have uh, to to, the ability to reflect before we take action. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, I think that's the most powerful thing and meaningful thing that you can do as a photographer is before you do something, whether it's stage somebody in a location to take a photo um like think about what would the possible ramifications of this be not just right now but maybe in 10 years 20 years like if a bunch of people if a bunch of other wedding photographers saw this exact uh setup and wanted to take their clients here well what impact would it have if 30 or 40 more wedding parties came to this spot right like would it be able to sustain that Would would can it handle that many more footsteps can Maybe there's a, maybe you're going to Utah and you're going to arches or something and you want to go stand on top of an arch. Well, maybe it's cool if you stand on top of that arch, but what if like 20 people were up there and like, what if a thousand people and a million, like it just, it's like a snowball that just, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's what people need to start thinking about is kind of the long-term effect of their behavior. A group of photographers uh, here in Colorado, um, including myself, we actually just released a set of principles to kind of address this issue to just get people to start thinking about these issues. And it's called Nature First. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, you can go to uh, naturefirstphotography.org. And really, there's just seven principles to just start thinking about when you're out in nature as a photographer to hopefully minimize the impact you have on that place. So so that other people can also enjoy that place. So, yeah, I don't. I think that's probably the best advice I give people is visit, visit that website and take a look at it and think about what it means in their
0: own practices. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm glad there are people out there like you who are taking some action to try mm-hmm. to help educate people and teach people how they can be more conscientious. That's really cool.
1: Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's funny because a lot of people out there think when they hear about this kind of stuff they're like oh they just they're just elitists or so they don't want they just don't want people to go there and they want it for themselves and uh, that's not that's not our viewpoint it's not about restricting who gets to go it's about making sure that the people that do go have an appreciation and understanding of how to make sure that other people can also go and have the same experience that they had
0: And also making sure nobody puts like a bridal party on top of one of the arches in Utah, and then the arch crumbles, and you just watch twenty people in that bridal party die in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah, I'm sure your insurance agent would appreciate that not happening too. (laughs) Uh
2: (laughs) So, have you ever thought about or taken anything other than landscape photography? Have you ever? I have. Yeah, I want to get into real estate photography. Or
1: Uh, I. I've pretty much have done done it all, dude. I've when I bought so my my first serious camera, I, I was a it was a D eight hundred and I had the the Holy Trinity, you know, I had the fourteen to twenty four, twenty four seventy, seventy two hundred, F two eight. And that's a lot of money. So and I didn't have cash for all that. So what I did was uh I did a shitload of uh senior portraits and yeah. Paid off my gear. Like in a one, like one spring, I just paid off on my gear by doing senior portraits. And nice. like, I really, yeah, I really enjoy portraiture. I think it's fun. Um, I don't advertise it just cause I don't really have a whole lot of time to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like to do portraiture. I've, t- I photographed several weddings before. Um, it's not my favorite thing to do just because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong and I don't like that stress. Um,
0: you prefer the stress of things going wrong and then you die on the side of a cliff, right?
1: Yeah, I'd much rather have that than you know <laughs> an angry bride, <laughs> or like you get back and all your photos are slightly blurry. Like, ooh, that's not gonna Art- go well. Artsy, <laughs> right? Oh, that that's some nice bokeh. Mm.
2: <laughs> Make these black and white.
1: Oh, <laughs> you guys do that in wedding photos too, huh? That's a yeah. shitty shot. I'll- <laughs> turn it to black and white maybe it'll look look better
2: yep (laughs) but you never thought about getting into that sort of that trend right now about doing like the like steve was mentioning earlier sort of the elopements on mountaintop kind of thing
1: i honestly no, i haven't thought about it um,
2: until just now cha-ching (laughs) cha-ching
1: boom no i don't know man there's a lot of logistics and planning and
2: and who better to do it than you
1: I guess that's true. I guess I could pull it off, but I don't know. I'd have if I didn't have a full-time job, I could probably put some thought into that, but my job keeps me pretty busy plus the podcast, so I don't know. Yeah.
0: And you That's how I feel. Your podcast is pretty prolific. You started in April of 2017. I did, yeah. And uh you guys just passed 100 episodes like a month or two ago, right?
1: Yeah, it's I try to do one a week.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Dustin and I started in August of 2017, and we are coming up on 100 episodes in four weeks. Nice.
1: So yep. you guys know it's hard keeping it going too, especially with two hosts. I bet.
0: Yeah. It's a little bit easier because if we don't have a guest on, we just talk to each other.
1: You
2: just ramble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no,
0: that works. We are each other's guests.
1: That's cool. I, that's a good idea. I just uh, I don't have any co. Hosts or anything friends. like that. Yep. Oh, friends. Yeah, that too. But uh, no, um, that does make it a lot more challenging, though, trying to find uh, unique guests each week that might have a different perspective or something else to talk about that's interesting. But it's been, I man, I'll tell you, like the podcast has been one of the most uh, rewarding things for me to do because I mean, I've made friends out of it. Like I go people that I've had on the podcast invite me to go shoot with them all the time. Now, like I get invited to go to like conferences and like I get in. Yeah, it's just, it's opened a lot of doors for Mm -hmm. me. So I definitely encourage people to, to collaborate with other people as much as they can because you know, it's not, it's not a competition.
0: Do you feel like starting the podcast has helped you find your voice a little as a photographer?
1: That's interesting. You say that, um, yeah have through the podcast, I've definitely I've definitely gained some different viewpoints um, on photography and on landscape photography and on pr- post-processing, and um, it's definitely evolved the way I think about uh, photography in general. So yeah, it's definitely helped me kind of, I don't know, like fit more into what my own vision is and kind of hone my vision as a photographer for sure. absolutely. Cool. Do you guys have that experience, too? Yes, all the
0: time. Especially when we have guests on. Uh, I feel a lot of our guests are really challenging for me, and they challenge the way I think. Uh, when we do it every week with Dustin, we kind of play off each other and kind of take the opposite opinion of each other, whether or not we really mean to whether or not we really feel that way and that sometimes too can kind of open up my eyes to like a different way of thinking about things but i mean most of the time we're doing jokes and stuff and every once in a while we'll do a joke that's so good it's actually a genius thing (laughs) nice like burning a venue down or
2: something like that
0: yeah yeah definitely that one that was the one i was Mm -hmm. thinking of
2: (laughs) (laughs) oh is that not it is that not That's not the first one that came. No. Okay.
0: No, no, no. I was, I actually just finished editing an episode and posting one today in which you were like, Oh my gosh, Steve, I know you were joking, but that's a really great idea. If we could find a way to make it so that when a bride shares our stuff, we gamify that. So we get more like the more they share the, Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is a good idea.
0: Yeah. That whole thing, which was just me joking around because I thought it was a terrible idea, but you thought Uh, it was great. So that's good. Uh, I might have to put start
2: a secondary brand where that's how I charge. <laughs> charge exposure. Say, I, bet,
1: I bet as, um, as uh, wedding photographers, you guys f- probably put a lot more thought into the business side of photography than most landscape photographers do. Because um, a lot of nature and landscape photographers are just doing it for fun or, you know, it's more of a hobby or whatever. But I mean, you guys, it's like, it's the bottom, it's the bottom line. And so I bet you're thinking a lot more about marketing and contracts and insurance and how to get more business and stuff like that, which I, not a lot of landscape photographers are thinking about that stuff. Or if they do, it's it's like secondary, you know?
0: So without further ado, let's cross over into the Drone Zone.
2: I do need to ask one question, one gear related question before we get into questions and answers. And that is as a landscape photographer, as drones, have using drones, are using drones? Like, is that impacting your sort of what you do, what you can see? Because I'm like, I'd love to be a landscape photographer, but I would just start at the bottom of the mountain and I would fly my
0: drone up to the top
1: so i'd say my answer is probably twofold
0: <laughs> mm, i love it twofold am excited answer. for this because i've been listening to matt's podcast so i already kind of know what he's gonna say
1: oh well maybe i'll change my answer just to throw oh, you off no. <laughs> so i think drones are pretty amazing uh they open up a whole new world and a whole new artistic way to express yourself um you can see the world in totally different ways um i think there's a lot of really cool shit you can do with a drone that honestly just isn't available otherwise Um, I'd say the flip side of that is a couple things one um, drones are pretty loud and when you're in nature like the last thing you want to hear is a bunch of like helicopters flying around over your head Um, so that can be uh, something that detracts from the experience um, and for me, I know when I'm in a location and there's drones or a drone flying around, it's it just changes the way I photograph that scene on the ground. It, it's just harder for me to connect with that place. And then I think the other thing is, as a mountain climber, I'm like, fuck you, because like, <laughs> I worked my ass off to get those shots, and you're just flying this machine up there. So that's not fair. So. But yeah, it's there's definitely pros and cons to drones. Uh, I don't have one. I've never uh, used one, but I think I think they're really interesting and definitely opens up a lot of a lot of interesting
2: windows thought, for people. Maybe uh, you would get one just for selfies,
1: right? <laughs> well, a lot of people that yeah, a lot of people do that, like take videos of them, like on a mountain or whatever. But I don't know, it's not for me. Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of the parks though don't allow you to fly drones either, though, right?
1: Well, yeah, and a lot of the places that I like to go are wilderness areas, and you're not allowed to operate a drone from within a wilderness area. Although the rules are stupid in that you can fly a drone from at, from outside of a wilderness area into the wilderness area. Uh, so that's kind of lame, but <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. There
2: you go. I have fixed feelings
1: about drones. <laughs> drones are okay as long as you're thoughtful about how you use them. There you that's, go. What I, that's, that's what that's I'd a say.
2: Politically correct answer.
1: Yeah. No, right. if there's a, if there's a shitload of other people around, or like even worse, if there's like one or two other people around, like don't be that guy. It's like when you're, you ever been on a hike or something in nature, no. and there's always that guy that's got like the Bluetooth speaker, and he's like jamming out to his music, but like everyone else can hear his shitty music, and you're like, <laughs> I just want to like experience nature i don't want to hear your shitty music pal
0: and right? what, what shitty music would that be typically
1: i mean even if it's music i like i'm like dude no one wants to hear your music
0: oh, come on <laughs> i want to hear you put some bands on blast
1: no man i i'm not gonna do that
0: <laughs> was it nickelback
2: nickelback
0: creed taylor, taylor know, swift
1: <laughs> hey taylor swift's got some oh, good stuff man.
2: well there you go we got a we got a tay tay fan <laughs>
1: I just don't want to hear it from your Bluetooth speaker while I'm hiking.
2: That's right. If you're going to do, do,
0: do it from a Bose speaker, come on, don't be a
2: jerk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or, or wear headphones. I mean, come yeah, on, Put dude. those
0: headphones in, and then when the mountain lions and grizzly bears come, you won't be able to hear them.
1: Well, it's even better.
0: <laughs> that way you don't know you're about to die, so you don't have any fear when it happens.
1: Yeah, let's be Perfect. honest. Like The chances of you fighting off a mountain lion or bear are pretty small. <laughs>
2: I saw these vests, like these jackets you can buy for your pets today uh, that have neon-colored spikes that shoot out the back huh. that are supposed to detour mountain lions and uh, hyenas and bobcats and stuff from eating your dogs. Oh, so I maybe- was wondering if maybe you could adapt something like that for climbers.
0: Oh, so they'll stay away from your dog, but they'll get you? Is that mm-hmm. how it goes? Yeah. Cool. Yeah
1: or maybe
2: cool. you could just wear it that's what i'm saying you w- yeah. wear it when you climb
1: right exactly you Should
2: partner with these guys start a whole new division of their product line
1: no that's why you bring that's why you bring your kids with you because you're probably faster than your kids mm-hmm. and out- <laughs> out- run him.
2: that is why i thought people p- reproduce yep for
1: yeah, mountain
2: exactly. lion bait it's,
1: yeah i mm-hmm. mean let's be honest yeah,
0: only the strong kids survive, and uh, they'll know to use their kids as bait as well.
1: It's natural selection.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, That's... Matt, do you have some time to do some Q and A with us, or absolutely awesome?
1: I heard, I heard you got some weird, weird questions that you that you randomly selected from the internet,
2: or they randomly selected us. What really did you say.
1: did you pull them off of like 4chan or something? Like, how are you finding these questions?
0: I am in a lot of Facebook groups. A lot of Facebook groups. He goes deep, deep into the black web of Facebook. Mm
1: -hmm. So, are these questions uh, specifically about me, or are they just random questions? Just random questions about
2: you. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of fan sites. Matt Payne has a tail.
0: Can anyone confirm? Oh,
1: that's awesome!
2: I heard he wrote a unicorn once.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's true.
0: <laughs> right over a rainbow it's when he got his very best shot ever it was a night oh, wait, shot no, that, too surprisingly sorry, that
1: was that was photoshop
0: <laughs> that's why he has the
2: colors of the rainbow in his logo that's right full circle right let's
0: do some q a let's see. All right, so our first question comes from Nash from a random Facebook group. And Nash asks, I'm about to go backpacking with a bunch of city slickers, and he did put quotes around that, on a photography workshop thing. I don't wanna sound like a noob. What's some cool lingo I can use to try to sound leet on the trails? I can't go out there like a default.
1: Wow. Nash um, is
0: a gamer. He's definitely a gamer. Um,
1: what's yeah. elite?
0: Elite like elite. And he spelled know, he spelled one, it one three three seven. So he's not just a gamer. He's also a gamer from like ten years how ago. How did
2: you decipher
0: that? Like I because no I idea. used to play video games online ten years ago. <laughs> well,
1: I'm not gonna lie. I used to play World of Warcraft like a crazy person. So wow. I I get all that lead speak, but. Uh, so, okay, Nash. Um, so, first of all, you got to learn how to use the word stoke, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I personally hate hate it when, you know, like the millennials now, they're using the word stoke. You know, like I think our generation, you know, you'd say like, oh, I'm stoked for that right. thing. Like I'm excited. Right. But now it's being used like, oh, that, that really fuels my stoke or. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're using it as a, as like a, I guess like a verb, you know, it's it's like a
2: metaphor for their anus.
1: (laughs) No, it's uh... (laughs) a, no, I'm just kidding. I would never, I would never encourage any more people to use the word stoke, Uh, but you see outside magazine using it a lot um, in their articles, but uh, gosh, dude, um... fuels my stoke. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe just learn some map skills, like. (laughs) <laughs> i feel like that would impress all kinds of people is be able to show them a topo map and you know show them where you're at on the map and where you're going on the map and how you figured it out like not a lot of people can do that these days and i feel like that's hey, that's a pretty essential thing to be able to know how to do in the backcountry but also if you're with a bunch of people that don't spend a lot of time out there that probably might impress them although if you're worried about impressing a bunch of city slickers like I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be backpacking. <laughs>
0: That's what I was thinking. <laughs> also, if you're referring to people as city slickers. Yeah. I
1: mean, I grew up in the city, but I also like to go outside. I don't know. <laughs> I
0: yeah. imagine Nash is 45. Just ballparking it.
1: Uh, I don't know. He he did say elite. No, elite, right? Yes. Hmm.
2: In a well, code prob- that I would not have been able to decipher. <laughs>
0: Dustin's the youngest have... person on this podcast, so...
1: He may or may not live with his parents still.
0: <laughs> Probably in their <laughs> basement. Parents may or may not be the
2: city slickers that he's going on this <laughs> workshop with.
1: <laughs> Which I'm not going to lie. When I met my wife and I was 26, I lived in my parents' basement, so I can make fun of that shit all day.
0: <laughs>
2: you got a strong
1: game. That's right. That's right. I ain't no
0: city slicker. Free rent. You're saving up your money.
2: Oh, Totally yeah so buy by the Holy Trinity of Nikon Glass. no, you had That's to right. do senior shoots for those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you guys like senior portraits? I think that one on one is kind of fun.
2: Mm-hmm. taking their pictures. yep, no, I
0: hate it. <laughs> do you really? yeah. Huh. I don't do a lot of that kind of stuff uh my You'd wife does do a more wedding? of that but yeah I'd rather, rather, do, a rather do a wedding any day oh uh, yeah definitely rather do a wedding actually uh, a- I want to correct that I'd rather do an engagement when there's just one mm. person it's like super hard to get them to pose and act natural I find but when there's two people it's really easy to get them to play off each other and to sure. get them to like make jokes make each other laugh that kind of stuff So I find it's very easy then and an engagement session is very low pressure. Like there's not a lot of stress there, Um, which is why Dustin was saying you should get into elopements on the sides of mountains and stuff, because it's like a low, low pressure sort of thing to do like, you know, photos there because it's just two people you can take all the time you need. There's nobody else there. It's not like a real wedding day where it's going to be eight hours of just one thing after the next. So,
2: Right. So that's what I like about a wedding because then I'm forced to be like, I guess we're done. We got to go get the ceremony started.
1: <laughs> right, right. You're on a time schedule. I get that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I I've done all three of those. I've done engagements. I've done portraits, and I've done weddings. And I don't know. I like the one-on-one. I think it's. Um, I have a I have a master's degree in clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm used to. What are you saying, doing with
0: photography? <laughs>
1: So, so I'm used to like one-on-one with people and like trying to get to know them and trying to figure out what makes them tick. And so like one-on-one that's, that's easy for me.
0: That shines through a lot in your podcast because you are very good in your podcast when you're just talking to like one person, just kind of like going back and forth with them. And it really feels like, like you're figuring them out and figuring out how they think and stuff and like it kind of exposing that to everybody who's listening. That makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. So we should brainstorm some uh, website URLs for this new business I'm going to create. Like mountainelopementphotography.com or...
2: (laughs) Adventure Weddings by May.
1: Hmm. Or No Pain, No Gain elopements.
0: Mm. (laughs) Ooh, I like that one.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh how about cityslickersinthemountains.com? <laughs> City Slickers in the Mountains.com. Slickers
2: in the Mountains. I like it.
0: Maybe not dot com. Is dot a thing? Can you get that now? Oh or?
1: yeah, dot leet. I like it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I feel so out of the loop that you guys know this whole Leet lingo and I'm so in the black.
0: Mm. Do you ever play well, Halo?
2: The, I mean You're oh. the noob. <laughs> I never had time to play games, <laughs> you're man. the
1: noob. Or what did he say? Default? I didn't read that one before. That was interesting.
2: I mean, nope. I get it. But only, I only ever played Smash Brothers. That was the only in 007. That was the only. Oh, GoldenEye is classic. GoldenEye and Smash Brothers. That was it for me. And, and Tony Hawk. I guess that was <laughs> my three.
1: Man, I was a, I'm a nerd, dude. I played so much video games. It's kind of sad.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's... sad or super <sighs> cool, however you want to phrase it, but super cool. I would go with super cool. Definitely.
1: That's why I got into mountain climbing because I was getting
2: fat. <laughs> I'm serious.
0: <laughs> you just have to wait until I'm like tipping my beer back and you're like.
2: <laughs> you're like, I could go on a diet. I could go to the gym. Uh, I think I'm just going to climb an effing mountain.
1: That's, yeah, I mean, hmm. why not just, just do that?
2: Probably because I feel as a fat man myself, I would get eaten by a mountain lion. Nah, man. No, they'd be scared of you. You look big. You look strong. You're a big, strong Dustin. I look like a snack, as my wife says. I assume that means that I would be tasty. That's a sex think, thing,
0: Dustin. I was oh, going to say, I think that that's sexual. That yeah, oh, that's very sexual. Maybe I should go. Yeah, yeah. you should did she just say that? I'll finish up with Matt. You go have sex. Have fun, buddy.
2: Okay. But what about Rhonda? You look like a snack. <laughs> It's not quite how she phrased (laughs) it.
0: Rhonda wants to know, how does Matt look like a snack all the time on those mountain sides? Mm."
2: Rhonda from a random Facebook group asked the following, in need of help, went to geotag for a lake, and there is no lake. Did God suck up all the water? How can I get a pic for my Instagram now? Crying face emoji.
1: Wow. That's fascinating,
0: Matt. How are we going to help Rhonda out? God, God did done suck up all that water. <laughs> he so needed a drink.
1: She, There's so no she's lake Actually, at the lake, or she doesn't know how to find the lake.
0: These are both great questions. <laughs> I'm gonna be right back.
1: <laughs> wow. Well.
0: Wow, Matt. Well, I mean, now we're well, gonna get to see how long Dustin lasts in the sack. This is really weird and awkward. So, start your timers at home, everybody. Dustin just left. It's about a 15-second walk up to the bedroom. Um, I'm assuming maybe 5, 10 seconds to put a condom on. We don't know. He'll be back in a little bit. Oh, Whoa. He's back. That was fast, Dustin. What? Uh, Matt and I were just talking about how your wife's probably unsatisfied. Jeez. That's all I needed.
1: So, I don't exactly understand... I don't exactly understand her question, but I think if you're depending on geotags to find interesting places to photograph, you should probably just get a map out. Or
0: mm. oh, What's uh, a map? Is that, a, mm. is that on your phone? Is that Yeah, an it's app? like
1: a piece of paper with lines on it.
0: it's mm. like a graph.
1: Just, yes, exactly. Mm.
0: Interesting. I think we had maps back in school. I remember <laughs> right. those. So like a like a globe with paper around it?
1: Yeah, except for it's not round.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. No. <laughs> I want to see Dustin out in the wilderness with a globe. I know where we're going. <laughs> that would be amazing. He's like, I
1: proved you it's flat earth. <laughs> flat earth. <laughs> We've been walking for four hours and we still haven't gotten to Florida. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Uh, the Earth
1: is not Right. (laughs) Well, is it?
2: It is here in Indiana. Not if you shoot with a
0: fisheye. Ooh. Then you can see the curvature of the earth with a fisheye lens.
2: (laughs) That's right.
1: That's what they're all saying. Like, oh, it just looks that way because they use a fisheye lens.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how about this one then? Uh, Kyler from a random Facebook group asks... I dropped my polarized lens filter on some boulders. It broke. There's a big hole in the middle, but the sides are intact. I have polarized sunglasses. <laughs> I also have another polarized lens filter in my car, but that's like a two-mile hike back the way I just came from, and I've still got eight miles to go until I hit the place I want to photograph. What should I do?
1: Well, unless you're shooting waterfalls or, like, water... You probably don't need a polarizer. In fact, I highly discourage people from using filters All in general just because if you're shooting raw, like you can't undo the filter that's on the lens. So um, that's my personal take on it, having ruined many, many, many photographs with filters. So would I use the sunglasses? No,
0: probably <laughs> not. But I've got an idea here. You pop the lens out of the polarized sunglasses and then you just tape it over the hole in the polarized filter <laughs> now you're ready to roll, right? Boom. Yeah, just ignore the lines from the
1: edges of the sunglasses from... Yeah, no. I mean, honestly, like, couldn't you just do like a, like a stitch photo where you shoot with the polarizer, stitch it, and then the part that has the hole in the middle, you just fill in with the polarized version
0: oh this is the best idea ever
1: i mean let's say i mean landscape tires, we're used to doing all kinds of stupid shit for our photos so. i mean
0: i i have seen that you have some panorama awards so i assume you know how to stitch yeah so
1: yeah so just take two photos one of them you know to st- st- stitch or just you know use photoshop and uh Blend in the layer that's got the polarized section for that hole and
2: good to go. It's like a patchwork quilt. I love it. I love it so much.
0: Um, Why not? Tiff from a random Facebook group asks, is my camera broke? I went for a hike. I took some photos of some amazing shit I saw, like a purple lake. I don't know if it was sunset or what, but it was amazing. I just was editing my photos, and there were no amazing photos when I was editing them. It was all just rocks and trees and basic Blue Lake shit. What's going on with my camera? <laughs> now, this one, there, there is an update. And the update says, I was hungry on my hike and did eat some mushrooms another hiker offered me. Nothing out of the ordinary.
1: Hey, well, that shit's legal in Colorado now. So she must, be a, she must live in Denver. She's probably ate a fuckload of edibles. And she was hiking around downtown Denver. She was probably hiking. at a fish show. <laughs> and she was like, oh my god, that's an amazing lake. I, I have no answer for that that can be actually legit. I mean, it's almost always user error. Come on, let's face it. So you probably just need to learn how to use your camera better.
0: Do you want to take this last one? Sure Oh,
2: Lachlan Lachlan from a random Facebook group Asked the following My tripod is missing two legs And won't stand up It's called a monopod It's a Manfrotto It was pretty cheap There's a problem But I wouldn't think that's the problem The model (laughs) is called a monopod. A few people told me, with that model, you only need one leg. But when I try to set it up, it keeps falling over. And I'm afraid my camera or legs will break if I keep trying. Please advise.
1: All right. So here's what you got to do. What's what's his name? Lachlan. Lachlan. That's a sweet name, dude.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Lachlan, here's what you got to do. So a lot of us landscape photographers started out without a tripod because we're stupid. And so what you do is you find a bunch of rocks and you pile them up and you make your own tripod. Done.
0: Boom. So you take rocks and you pile the rocks into two legs and then you put the the other leg from your tripod monopod (laughs) (laughs) up against the two legs that you've created with rocks. Is that what you're saying? That would be
1: amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah.
0: I would so see that. People so would just would like not. be walking around all over the place in Denver and they're like, why the hell are these rocks piled up? <laughs> these two pile of rocks. <laughs> two piles right next to each other. What the hell's going
2: <laughs> on here? It would be super convenient if there were three piles, then I wouldn't need to carry around this stupid, you know, monopod tripod.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would say that Lachlan probably should go back to high school geometry also, so <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness though, with modern cameras, like the need for a tripod is quickly diminishing. I think you can get really good results now without a tripod. In fact I just had a guy on my podcast, um, he's from New Zealand and he doesn't use a tripod at all. And his, his photos name, are
2: Trey well, Radcliffe?
1: No, his name's William Patino.
2: William Patino.
1: And yeah, it's he's got some amazing stuff and he doesn't use a tripod ever. Cool. So it's totally doable these days, especially with high ISO and
0: drones. <laughs> what, uh, what tripod would you recommend?
1: Uh, it's hard for me to answer that question, but the tripod that I use is because I do a lot of backpacking. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Fisal. It's called a Fisal Tournament uh, 3442, and it weighs like two pounds. Sturdy, carbon fiber. It's really light, small. Compact, easy to use, super sturdy. I've used it since like 2014, and it's never let me down. So I do you like only,
2: it. Do you only choose to use a tripod when you're doing water stuff?
1: I use a tripod probably for 80% of my stuff personally, but that's that's so that I can hold a beer in one hand.
2: Nice, nice. <laughs> is this a tripod with one leg, two leg, three leg?
1: Um. You know, I have other means to hold the other leg up, so. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a quad pod? Are there four legs? Is it a (laughs) pentapod? (laughs) Right. Right, exactly. I personally like to go out with an octopod and I just put all eight legs down real fast and it's real sturdy and it never tips over. It's good.
1: Yeah, and it weighs like 40 pounds.
0: Yeah, and it's a bitch to get level, but you know, some things are. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: That's what the ball head's for.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? A ball head? You don't use ball heads? I'm joking.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: You wedding guys are weird.
0: We don't use tripods, period.
1: Yeah. I was going to say the only thing you use a tripod for is probably for like external lighting, right?
0: Nope. these light stands. Yeah, Technically a, tripods, have... but yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have a Manfrotto light stand that I use for my Ooh. stuff.
0: Wait, that's weren't you giving did. Manfrotto shit earlier?
1: Yeah, that's why I had to make fun of the Manfrotto question earlier.
0: Oh, wait. Explain yourself. Why do you hate Manfrotto?
1: Uh, I don't know. I just don't think they're that good.
0: They're a sponsor of this podcast.
1: <laughs> Are they really?
2: <laughs> no. I
0: come, <laughs> before I started amazing. doing photos, I was doing, like, I, I went to school for video. That's what I originally did. And in video, it's manfred or nothing, it seems like. Interesting. Because of the fluid heads. Their their fluid heads are so good.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's kind of the way it is with a lot of equipment, right? Like, it's super specialized for something. and Yeah. It's just... I don't know. I don't think they're that great for landscape photography, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of picky when it comes to that because I want something super light, super sturdy.
0: So, Matt, thank you so much for joining us this week on our podcast. This has actually been a ton of fun, and I'm really glad we got to have a landscape photographer on to uh, talk to us on our wedding yep. photography podcast. <laughs> where, um, where can people find you if they're interested in finding out more about you and what you do?
1: Um, you can go to uh, mountainelopement.com dot com
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> just my main
1: website mappainphotography.com and uh, instagram mattpainphoto and then my podcast you can find all my podcast episodes on my website there's a podcast link and uh, there's a bunch of social media for the podcast as well which is pretty easy to find unless you're super lazy so yeah nice check it out on itunes F-stop, collaborate, and listen.
0: Matt is back with a brand new edition.
1: So we were talking earlier about Patreon. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a few months back, I hit uh, $500 uh, dollars a month on Patreon.
0: And You're close to 1000 now.
1: Yeah. So not a big deal, but um, I did a... Uh, I... <laughs> I recorded a video of me uh, rapping to Vanilla Ice, uh, Ice Ice Baby, uh, for my patrons. and I, But I changed all of the words to the song uh, to be relevant to every episode of the podcast that I had released to that point. It was really hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds super hard. Why would you do that to yourself?
1: It was fun. <laughs> and listeners enjoyed it enjoyed watching me make a fool of myself which i do every week so
2: Very just nice. a means of entertainment now
1: i know it's people use me for that it's sad <laughs>
2: <laughs> dance monkey dance that's right <laughs>
1: well you guys are a lot of fun thanks for inviting me into the show
0: thanks for letting us
2: invite you onto the show
0: yeah thanks for coming on it was a blast Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at WedPickHangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. And Steve no, is no, at no, no. Steve Van Alk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of mm-hmm. listeners, mm-hmm. join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. But Super if you really want to warm our hearts, head on over to Steve and Dustin SaveTheWorld.com. And you can sign up to support us for $5 a month, and you'll get bonus content. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Love. bonus episodes of a podcast called Steve and Dustin Save the World, where we save the world one question at a time. That's true. Dustin, what did we uh, what did we talk about last week on Stephen Dustin save the world? All kinds of good things. Yeah, you don't remember, do you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember shit. That was published today. You should know this. <laughs> piece of shit uh, my daughter's been thrown up all day okay I'll, I'm gonna give you a pass this week next week there will be a test I will quiz you and if you don't pass that test you will be fired from the Stephen and Dustin Save the World it's gonna become <laughs> stevesavestheworld.com uh, that domain was taken this week we need to send out a big thank you to another person who's signed up on Patreon to support Steven Dustin save the world dot com, And that is listener Devin Jennifer Roland. Van Elk. <laughs> Please don't. Listener Devin Roland has signed up to help Steven Dustin save the world. One question at a time. Thank you so much, Devin. Thank you so much, Devin. We appreciate it. It means the world to us. And it means the world to all the good, good people that we're helping out. If you want to be just like Devin Roland, you can head over to com and sign up for just $5 a month. And you can get all that good, good bonus content like this. Like uh, if we have any sort of outtakes that seem worthwhile for people to hear um, for $5 a month or for seven fifty a month, if you want to go ad free, you can listen to all of our episodes without ads, you know, the ads, are they funny? Are they annoying? They're annoying. So if you want to get rid of them just for seven fifty a month, you can get all of the episodes without any ads, and you get all the bonus content that we put out there. Mm, worth it. Totally worth it. So, mm-hmm. shit, I lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going with that. Thanks for listening Andrew. and... W- Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight, and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right next Sunday after you shoot another, another wedding. wedding. So the last wedding. week we talked about Ulysses afterwards, after he, you know, signed mm-hmm. up on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Are we gonna talk about Devin this week after she signed up on Patreon to support us? Is that what you wanted to well, do? I, uh, the
2: difference is I like Devin, so I don't really have anything negative to say about Devin.
0: Devin's a very nice person Yeah Yeah, she came all the way to Indiana to see us And you didn't show you. up To see you no, She, came she invited to you. you to come to Indy as
2: well No, I invited Devin to come to Fort Wayne You invited her to come to Indy There was a test thrown on the table She chose Indy Test failed, test failed. Can you blame her? Can you blame her? Have you been to Fort Wayne? Yeah, <laughs> have I been to Fort Wayne? Um, <laughs> once or twice passing through yeah and you would choose to go to indy if you were passing through indiana too that's not
0: the point (laughs) steven not the point (laughs) i think that is the point doesn't it is late we we both need to go to bed uh doesn't you see detective pikachu yet
2: no you said you were so jazzed
0: for that movie
2: I was actually just looking at tickets today for it. And instead we bought tickets to go see Aladdin.
0: Jen is in NYC and she was like, while I'm gone, maybe do something cool with the kids, like take him to see detective Pikachu. And I was like, Nora is three years old. There's no way she is age appropriate for that movie. It's got Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. in it. I don't know if you know this, but he plays a little character called Deadpool. I can't go mm-hmm. to any movie with Ryan Reynolds because it's just going to be all F words all over the place now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear this Pikachu say fuck? I do. I do. Fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> now g- give me your best one. you fuck you. That's good. I like that one. That's, That's really like good. Like the
2: Smash Brothers, like quick lightning strike
0: attack. Um, so mm-hmm. we gotta go now. So big thanks okay. to our special guest this week, Matt Payne, for bringing the heat, talking about uh, landscape photography. It was a really uh, blast to have him on the podcast. We are
2: super excited that we have encouraged and inspired him to start his new business called,
0: uh, Matt Payne elopements. Yeah. No pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. But it's midnight and we gotta go to bed. So bye. Good night.
1: That's why I shoot Sony. Mm. (laughs) I'm not going to lie, dude. Sony feels better in my hands. Like, I tried to shoot a a, a Canon 5DSR. It's too much girth. That's
0: what she said. Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Wooey.